Good Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. I'm Terry Fry. Eric Goodman is taking a couple of days off to get buried. Are you sure? Woo! And sitting in, <laughs> sitting in for him today and tomorrow is former Montbello Warrior and Colorado Buffalo Justin Adams. You're the utility man at News Four as the news and sports anchor and reporter. Yeah. You ever do the weather? Uh, you know what? I don't do the weather, but I do. I go out to like weather areas. So I think that's doing weather. Yeah, that is. Well, you know what? Actually, yes. You know what? If that uh, if that does help out the pay raise, I do weather <laughs> as well. So I think we're all like that. Yeah, let's do that. And you get to stand in front of the blue screen if you ever get to do it. Right. <laughs> I'll take it, man. But anyway, we all wish Mandy and Eric the best this weekend and beyond. And today you can catch Justin and me on MileHighSports.com. And reach us through the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry, T F R E I, and at Justin Adams TV. No ampersands, no periods, no nothing in there, just unadorned letters. And at Eric Goodman when he's back paying attention to the rest of the world. Or you can even call us or text us at 303 831 1340. We don't take many calls or we don't get many texts on this show because we don't put out the number very much. But if you want to get something off your chest, we're here to listen, and perhaps you will bark back at him if oh, yeah. necessary. Oh right? yeah, oh yeah. You got to have a thin, yeah. thick skin, though. If you if you want to take you want us to take seriously what you're offering, uh, you have to have a thick skin. But we we, yeah. we can have some fun. Oh know, yeah, so. that, that's what we're going to do, 100. percent Now it's time for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. I don't know how else how, how to talk about this. You know, I'm really, really, yeah. I was really, um, I need to tell you this, although I was, yeah. I was writing down on Light Rail, and yeah. everybody on Light Rail was so excited because we knew that FIFA was going to pick Denver as one of mm-hmm. the World Club World Cup host cities. Yeah, yeah, we, everybody, we sure we did. Were, we were doing a dance. We sure we were, did. We were handicapping who might be yep. sent to mm-hmm. Denver, and uh, what, what a great time yeah. we all would have, Mm-mm. right? Didn't happen that way. What what the heck happened? Uh, because here are the places that got picked, by the way. I'll just get it out the way, okay? Denver did not get picked. Did Glasgow? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, Atlanta, which I have no oh. problems with Atlanta. Boston, Dallas, Guadalajara, okay? So we got to go down, represent for Mexico. Houston gets picked. Kansas City. Are you kidding me? Kansas City? Kansas City, here we come. All right. Los Angeles, no beefs. Mexico City, no beefs. Miami. Shoot. You could you could send me down to Miami for so how many okay? how many US cities were chosen? Uh I, I don't have the number. I see sixteen three, sound right. Let's see how three, six, seven, uh, ten. I, I'm gonna go through the rest of them, by the way. Because okay. it's great. Monterey gets picked, by the way. Shout out to another place in Mexico. New York, New Jersey. No surprise there. Philly, because, you know, Philly's not far away from New York. You got to have that over there. Um, and then you go to San Francisco, Seattle, Toronto, and Vancouver. But no 
Denver. Okay, convince me why Denver should have been one of those picks. Mountain time zone. You're the only place in a mountain time zone what's, that would have had a place there. What's that got to do with anything? It has to do with TV? everything. TV, everything. I mean, it just helps out the economy here in Denver. It brings so many different fans. It's a great tourism spot. Oh, by the way, we have mountains. We actually have something that looks good. You know, and if, if tourists ever get lost, all they have to do is look at the mountains. Yes. That's, that's west. Go west. And don't give me this crap about altitude. You pick Guadalajara. Mexico City's like oh. 7,000 feet. What are we doing? Altitude is the biggest myth in Colorado sports. Oh, dear gracious. They even talk about it in hockey in a sport of 40-second shifts. How do you not take Denver? How? Because they don't like us? How, Sway? How did this happen? I don't know. Maybe they're all cheese. You know, here's the thing. You're We're really upset about I this, am, aren't I'm you? I'm very upset. No, and this is why. I, okay, so a lot of people don't watch soccer. Let's just call it what it is. You watch soccer? No. Okay, a lot of people don't watch soccer. But what is the I, World I can Cup? 50-50. Right. 50-50 balls. Right. And uh, tickle, tickle the back of the old onion. Now. That's pretty much it. And a whole lot of floppy. But other than that, nobody really watches it a lot. Let's put it that way. But when it comes to the World Cup, it's it's oh, must see TV. I will say yeah. the atmosphere is kind of great exciting. atmosphere. I've been a, I've been to Olympic hockey. Yeah, I, I realize that's only a reasonable facsimile of the World Cup, but it's a similar it's a similar atmosphere downgraded a bit. You're going to bring all these countries to America, to Canada, to Mexico. It's a great opportunity to showcase the city. Literally, when you are flying to different places around the country. You stop at Denver. They call it a flyover state in many respects, but you have to stop in Denver for a connecting flight elsewhere, especially if you're flying United, which just so happens to be one of the major airlines in the world. And you don't pick Denver. Okay, is there any way, any way that somebody could fall through because of lack of nah. local organizing nah, funds? No, nah. I mean, you can't. You Am can't I reaching there? No, no, it's not going to happen. I mean... I can't wait till people see just how clean, you know, Philadelphia is or just see that New York area. Oh, my goodness. Well, they can go to Geno's. Woo. They can go to a patch. Oh, Geno's man. So State. many different things to do in Kansas City. Can't wait for you there to be are. there. Oh, there man. Are. Yeah. Mm. Other than the Negro League Hall of Fame. Yeah. I love that. The Jazz Museum. Other than that, you think people really from England are going to eat barbecue? So what are you going to do now? Are you going to boycott watching the World Cup? No, Club? I'm still going to watch it. I mean, watch people from France get fat and like, you know brisket in Cal in you know Kansas City I can't believe it why don't you go somewhere and watch a game uh, I just uh, why don't you go to Kansas City and watch a game depending uh, on who, who drives in there and who plays there it's a little bit of a drive I mean do you really want to go to Kansas Kansas City what I don't even know what the games are this is 2026 by the way it's uh, it's just a great opportunity it's a missed chance for us um okay dumb question where yeah but the games been at it in power field here it would have been out of power field. Yeah. Not a Dick Sporting Goods Park. Not a Dick Sporting Goods Park. But I mean, but you know what? And, and this may be one of the things. Now, I let, think I'd rather have it in Dick Sporting Goods Park. Me too. I like it at Dick Sporting Goods Park. Not enough I, seats for the World Cup. That's what I'm saying. Not it's, enough an, it's an intimate well, atmosphere. Hold on. Now, now, here's the thing, though, right? Not enough seats at Dick Sporting Goods Park. You can make the argument that in power field at Mile High is not one of the top stadiums. And you look at all these stadiums that they have, potentially where you're going to play. Atlanta, brand new stadium, right? Yeah. I don't know about Boston. What maybe we can have a, Maybe have? we'll have a new. It's stadium in Foxborough. Fox, it's, okay, at, so Fox, it's at Gillette. Okay. Yeah, maybe we'll have okay. a new stadium by then. Well, well, I mean, Dallas could Rob Walton step World? in and say, "Hey, look, hold on here, fellas." He should. Buckaroos. The only only place that has an old stadium is in Kansas City. 
That's it. That's it. Everybody uh, else has a brand new stadium. You think of that as an old stadium? Kansas City? Yeah. Arrowhead Stadium? Yeah, Arrowhead's that thing a battle. Is, I know no. it's 50 years old. God, that thing is old. Terry, you were a young man when that thing was built. Yes, I was. That thing is old. But, that, that, but, but I think this brings us to a bigger point, though. We talked last week about the Broncos obviously being sold, okay, to the Waltons. And one of the first things that Joe Ellis talked about was, hey, one of the biggest things you're going to have to discuss is what to do with that stadium. Are you going to build a new stadium? And will you have an opportunity to have a major event like the World Cup here and it doesn't happen? One of the main reasons I would imagine has to be your facilities. But what was in that bid? I, w- I want to know what was in that bid, whether the bid said we'd have a new stadium by 2026. Uh, it didn't exactly say that. That that was in the bid. It didn't say that. Not, not that I know of. Mm-hmm. But the Broncos are under that lease for nine years. Right, so nine more years, they will be playing at a power field at mile high. But again, it brings up a bigger point where, because if you miss out on events like the World Cup, and you were one of the um, one of the finalists to be selected for that, then you're missing out on bowl games. You're missing out on other major events. You're missing out on a Super Bowl. You're missing out on draft. All these different events can bring in so much revenue, not only for the team and the owners, but also for the city as well and the state. Right. Because it's not only Denver you're talking about. Now you're talking about, well, you have Oklahoma. Then you have North and South Dakota. You have Idaho. You have all these different places that are close to to Colorado that would come to Colorado to watch these events. So that's one major reason where if you were going to build a new stadium and you want to make that argument, this is a huge argument of why you have to build that stadium. When's the next time we could have a try? Four years? Nah, man. we, we We don't get another try like that for a while. Why not? Uh, it, it's so I think the next it's World Cup is in Qatar. Years, it? Well, it's it every four years, but America, but it, it was um, not only America, it was kind of CONCACAF, right? Uh, North America was was selected Con-Caf, this time around, yeah, C-A-A-F, yeah, C-A-A-F, well, no. yeah, somebody out there knows what we're talking about, but they were selected, right? So we were, in essence, we were selected, and I believe the finals will be in Los Angeles, so one of the, mm-hmm. one of the things like that. So, and will it be at Stan Kroenke Stadium? Ooh. That's a good question. I, I'm, I'm thinking, I thought initially it would be at the Coliseum, Los Angeles Coliseum. But, but again, it's another thing there. They have the Los Angeles Coliseum, and they also have that brand new stadium, SoFi Stadium. They have so many different places where they could play this. And again, it just gets back to, and look, I wasn't really a huge proponent of having a new stadium, but building a new stadium. But when you miss out on huge opportunities to showcase your city, I would imagine because of the faculties, because of your uh, your stadium, because of what you have there, if that is an issue, then you got to go and build something new. Are you going to be able to get over this by No, I am. Man, I... Oh, man. Well, okay, oh. we're going to be talking soccer oh. for the next two hours. No, we aren't. No, we aren't. When we come back, we'll talk about the avalanche win last night. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. 
Welcome back. Terry Fry with Justin Adams of News 4. You're going to be you're going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. You're going to be okay. Here's, just be excited about the Avalanche winning last. I'm night. excited about it. Can, can, I, can I just put put a put a put a period on it? Period. I will leave it alone here. Got to get a new stadium. Uh, at, at, at some point, and, and we're talking about what happened with FIFA. Uh, FIFA chose for 2026, uh, they chose their World Cup sites. They had three places in Mexico, two in Canada, and the rest were in America. I believe that was 10 that we counted. And Denver missed out. And one of the main reasons why they said was, well, the altitude could have hurt Denver. When in Mexico City, it's over seven. Thousand. Guadalajara <laughs> is at sea level. Yeah, but what's seven thousand above uh oh. sea level in Mexico City? Okay, and pollution is a huge problem there. Okay, here's the reality: you don't have the stadium that all the rest of the places in America has, other than Kansas City. But you got to go do something about it. And if you want these major events to be in Denver, then you have to have the big boy places. You have to have the big boy facilities, and that means you have to get a new stadium. Oh, you'll have, Blake. To, you'll have to be drawn into the organizing committee and the campaign I, to get I know, I know, but it, it is what it is. Okay. The Avalanche last night managed to beat the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions on a night with when Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCart combined for one point, and that was a McKinnon assist. And, they, and the Avalanche got ordinary goaltending, just mm-hmm. ordinary goaltending. Yeah. Not yeah. awful, just ordinary goal, goaltending from Darcy Kemper. What's that mean? They were able, they, they were able to pull that off. And I think that's a very positive sign in the sense that it it was not a great, great, great night, but they managed to find a way. The characteristic of this team is that they managed to find a way to win games. Mm -hmm. They went through their their, uh, most impressive streak in the season in January. When they really didn't play well, they'd come from behind and and managed to win games. I saw a little bit of that last night. They're playing the greatest goaltender in the world. They managed to score four goals in the Including the overtime goal by Burakovsky, and they and they won, taking a one nothing lead in the in the Stanley Cup final. I think that's all impressive. Mm-hmm. The trouble signs to me are that they did get just ordinary goaltending, and right. I don't don't think there was any promise there of that necessarily improving uh, in, to a great degree. So the question is, how short a leash is on Darcy Kemper? That's I'm throwing a lot out on the table. You here, are, you are. But I'm just curious about your views. What did you think going into the series? Uh, when you were on with Eric last week, for example. Well, I'll be very And, and did it cha- anything change last night? Well, I'll be very honest with you. I knew the Avs, obviously, we all know about how explosive their offense is. I mean, they, they average 4.6 goals a game in the postseason. That's ridiculous. But I looked at what Tampa Bay has, and they give up the second fewest goals per game. And so I was thinking, obviously, with Vasilevsky, that it's going to be extremely difficult to get anything by him. Um, I was shocked uh, with the first goal, obviously a shot off of uh, Miko Rantanen and then Gabriel Landeskog pushes it across the line. Um, that just got, somehow got by. And then you have Valerie Nachushkin um, just setting up with a, a weird wrister and it got past, you know, got right through it. So, but then he settled down. Then he settled down and he locked in. But the game winner kind of, to be signified what the Avs will have to do. Bounce off a skate to... Bounce off a skate, one timer, go east-west. Pinachushkin to, yep. to uh, who passed it across to Burakovsky. Yep. And, and, and again, that's one of those plays where you have a good shot, but you pass it up for a great shot. And you could have took another shot of the rebound right there, and that would have been a save. 
But because you had a nice pass, the one timer, there's absolutely nothing you could do in order to get across the crease and go and stop that puck. So those are the things that the Avs are going to have to do in order to win. Now, here's my issue. I agree with you 100%. Just a lot of average goaltending. Now, Kipper did make a couple of saves. Yeah, he did. I thought it overtime. He was a professional goaltender. Yeah, he was a pro- the game. But that's the thing. Is, is that enough, though? Would that be enough? No, at some point, he's going to have to steal one game, at least in this series. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Eric and I talked about this, and I'll, and I bet you've talked about yeah. it with him. The misconception is he, to great playoff goaltending is great goaltending every game. No, it isn't. You're going to lose some games. You, you might even be rotten one night. But the fact of the matter is, if you can steal a game or two, and play well the majority of the games. That's that's what wins playoff series. It's a best of seven series. Mm-hmm. You can go all the way through, win fifty seven percent of your games, and win the Stanley Cup. So you don't have to be great every game. That Patrick Wall was not great every game. No, no, no. He no. was the best money goaltender in the history of the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. His number hangs from the rafters for a good reason, and it, he wasn't great every game. And I, I also everybody's trying to poo poo the notion that. Goalie, goalies don't play each other. They're 200 feet apart. Right. They aren't shooting right. on each other. Right. You know what pa- Patrick Waugh, though, looked at it th- exactly that way. He didn't care. In a sense, he didn't care how many goals he allowed because it meant the goal should be you're allowing fewer goals than the guy at the other end mm-hmm. allows. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. And so that he would look at it as you get a W, and that was why he was so passionate in pursuit of the NHL career wins record was because he looked at it that's that simply, that he allowed fewer goals than the guy at the other end. Yeah. So, yes, it was a head-to-head duel. And, of course, you're, one guy might be facing 82 shots and, and you're facing 11. But that, that to, to Patrick, didn't really matter. It was, a, it was a personal duel. And I think Darcy Kemper has to look at it. He kind of poo-poos, and I understand why, because most goaltenders – at least openly, or the are of this mentality. Mm-hmm. That, no, I'm not playing the uh, guy at the other end. I'm paid. I'm playing to do my job at my end of the ice, and uh, and to let the team pick up the slack from there. In, in my, I think the best thing for Darcy Kemper is just, you're damn right. I'm playing against Vasilevsky, yes. and I'm yes. going to outplay him. Yes, I, I want to hear him say that. Right. Uh, you know what? Uh, let me ask you another question. Man, we are, we are passionate today, aren't we? Uh, can the Avs win a game two to one? Yes. If, but, this series, but it won one. They have to win one game two to one. They really to do. win the cup. Yes, I, I agree with you, and, and that will have to be on the road. Why does it have to be on the road? Well, because even though they score a lot, of, don't get me wrong, they score a lot of goals at home. Mm-hmm. But you know how you know this how things change when you get on the road. Even though the Avs are undefeated, uh, you know on the road this postseason, they don't have the last change, so they they can't control matchups right. readily. I mean, I'm just saying, like, can, can they go into a game where Kipper only gives up one goal? They saw this, was it two years ago, or maybe three, it was two years ago when Kemper made it, uh, faced, I think, 51 avalanche shots and stoned them, stood on his head. And that's the kind of game that he needs to deliver for the avalanche, the, the kind that he delivered against the avalanche in the playoffs uh, for, the, for the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. And I think... I don't know if he's capable of it, but that's what he has to do. He doesn't have to play great every game. He had, what he needs to do, if they don't go to Francois, because I, I think the leash is kind of short, um, what he has to do is, is, is 
deliver that one or two monster games that, that swing the series. You know, mm-hmm. and if he gives up, yeah. if he gives up five goals in one game, that's one loss. Right. And I, I don't understand the mentality, both within hockey and outside of it, that that doesn't really recognize that principle that that you have to have a short memory and you have to do, come back and deliver a better game the next time. That's what it's all about. That's what Patrick Wall was all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, even to an extent, Jose Theodore was uh, was about that when he was here. The Avalanche's best playoff goaltender in terms of individual performances was Craig Anderson in 2010. It was just a remarkable series against the San Jose Sharks. He had 51 saves in a one to nothing win, uh, but they ended up losing the series. Mm-hmm. But that's the kind of goaltending you need in the playoffs. It doesn't have to be every game. No. And I, I, I he had not played since May 31st. And he had had the the issue with the, the eye and mm-hmm. perhaps a concussion issue too. So I mean, th- there was there was some uncertainty there. And at the times last night, I think Chris Chilios kind of said it on the air. I'm told that it looked as if if Kemper wasn't really seeing the puck or wasn't really ready ready to react that he wasn't seeing well. I don't understand why he was in there if that's the case. And you know what? The funny thing is, and I made this point too. We're sitting here talking about Darcy Kemper, and this is why people out there are probably shaking their heads in some cases. We're talking about Darcy Kemper. He allowed fewer goals right. than, than the best goaltender in the world. Right. He didn't allow seven goals. He allowed he allowed three. three. Yeah. And two of them, two one of them was unstoppable. Right. It was just a terrific. What well, terrific play? Yes. But, but, it, but he but the softy from the blue line was inexcusable. Mm-hmm. You know, and great goalies give up bad goals. Too. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's a definitive judgment to be reached from this series, but there are warning signs. And I think the biggest warning signs is maybe he's, maybe for all the talk about it, you know, you'd think Jared Bednar would put him through the real acid test before playing him. He's got to be 100%. I've got to be certain that he's 100%. Right. And it, but he didn't go with, with Pavel Francis. So uh, do you think France, do you think uh, Kemper was the right choice? I mean, Kemper is the right choice. You uh, do? Just a bigger, oh, just, uh, no, I well, say, just, just, I would have gone with, I would have gone with I, I, No, I understand that. I mean, obviously he's 6-0 and and uh, Francis also has a shutout. Um, the only shutout actually this postseason for the Avs. But when you look at somebody who's bigger in net, um, if Kemper, again, he has two days rest, Hopefully you get your eye, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever's ailing you, get that, you know, together. But when you're looking at somebody who has the experience to be able to just, again, we're not looking at Patrick Waugh. We're not looking at Craig Anderson, right? We just need somebody who's serviceable enough in order for you to get the W. You think and either one of them is. Well, if, well, you know what? And look, it, it, the power play, the, uh, the penalty kill was really good. There were several different saves that Kipper had that were tremendous. I go back to the one in overtime. Uh-huh. I thought it was over in the first minute. I mean, Tampa Bay had a great opportunity. They had two great chances on the right side of the cage, and they couldn't get that one in. Kipper stood on his head, and then you get the goal. So this may be just that type of series where you have the depth and you have the offense where it just gets you to the point where you look and say, can we just play good enough in net? And that might be what, what you have to do in this one. It's just you just get good enough goaltending rather than great goaltending. Your goaltending doesn't get you beat. Well, look, it, 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 I don't think Kemper, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, is going to steal a game. Oh, I, I think, think, he I think he, but he has to. Well, he, he has to if they're going to win this. Year. But, but okay, then steal a game has to then change. Our definition of steal a game has to change because yeah. we know in, in old time hockey, <laughs> I'm talking about like maybe last year, five years ago, that was shut out, give up one goal. Yeah. But that's still in a game. 
this may be he gives up two goals. Or this may be he gives up three goals. I'm honest. Okay. This might be what Darcy Kipper is. He's going to give up a couple tallies. Guess what? You have to score. Yes. And thankfully, the Avs can do so. Needs to steal one. Well, you know what? Vasilevsky can do so. And the Avs, what they did last night is they got after him with three goals in the first period. And I tell you, they have to continue to go and get after him over and over can again. They get, can they get in his head? That's well, the, that, that's the biggest thing. Is you you got to get in his head. You got to go and have those great east-west passes. And to be honest, sometimes you just throw the, the puck right at the net and see what happens. The other, the other aspect of this is that they need to, the Avalanche needs to maybe plant some seeds of doubt in the minds of, the lighting players in the sense that they go, you know, we got the greatest goaltender in the world and they still can score on us. Right. And so we'll see what happens there. So we've got uh, two of the longest tenured coaches in the NHL at work in this series. Number one is John Cooper and Jared Bednar has climbed all the way to number three. Let's, let's take a look at what Jared Bednar did last night and maybe he's jettisoning the, uh, the tag of being underrated. I think after this series is over, I think it'll be obvious that Jared Bednar is one of the top coaches in the NHL. We'll be right back after this to talk about that. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. I'm Terry Fry. Eric Goodman is taking a couple of days off to get married and sitting him in for him today as former Montbello warrior and Colorado Buffalo, I'm Justin Adams, the utility man at News 4 as an anchor and reporter and a future weatherman. <laughs> you can catch us, uh, you can watch us on milehighsports.com and reach us via the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry and at Justin, at Justin Adams TV. Are you a Twitter, Ed? I am. I am a little bit. I'm actually on Twitter right now. Um, Twitter's weird, man. Twitter, just like so much stuff is on there, dude. So you could just like scroll forever, but I love it. So I'm on there. Yeah, I'm a Twitter okay, head. Be careful. Or you can call us at 303-831-1340. We can take text there too. And so if you want to get something off your chest, we're here to listen and perhaps argue with you. Yeah. So where'd you watch the game last night? Uh, I watched it at home. Uh, Were you throwing things, or do you, oh, you make man. popcorn, or how do you oh, watch hockey? Oh, man, the wife made dinner. Shout out to my wife, Nikki Adams, by the way. Amazing. She asked me uh, before the game, she was like, hey, what do you want for dinner? And so I was like, ah, you know, just the usual, you know, try to eat a little healthy at home. And she was like, well, I was trying to get you, like, some ribs and stuff so we could, like, all celebrate the game together. So in any case, man, she made, like, some crab cakes and everything. It was wonderful. And then, man, took the baby, got a three-year-old. Man, took the baby, man, put the baby to bed and gave me all the time I needed to watch the game and celebrate that goal by Burakoski. Danny, how's that sound? Should we head over there? Helen and that I sounds are going, pretty nice. Helen and yeah. I are going over <laughs> Saturday night. Nice. I'm telling you, man, I'm buried well, baby. Buried well. <laughs> now it's time for What's Trending. 
What's Trending is presented by Low T99. Testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. I'm sorry, I'm distracted. I can't get, I'm thinking of those ribs. <laughs> Me too. Well, Jared Bender last night took, shook some things up. He opened with JT Comfer sliding up to Nazem Kadri's center spot on the second line, and he tinkered all night. I mean, just mm-hmm. just look at the winning goal out there where Nichushkin, Comfer, and Verakovsky is a line uh, in the first two minutes of overtime. And he and Nolan Pratt, Nolan Pratt's a guy not too many people know about, and I'm going to try to enlighten folks about him pretty soon. He's the assistant coach in charge of the of the defense. He even separated Devin Taves with uh, Makar from nice. Makar at times. So here we are. This team is 13-2 and two in the playoffs. Bednar is showing a, a tremendous ability to adapt and adjust and, and to make those much ballyhooed adjustments. As he could finally, in the, in the national spotlight, the games are on e, are on ABC and ESPN+. Plus. Uh, he, he's in the spotlight, and his story is so compelling mm-hmm, if they do mm-hmm. a good job of telling it on the network. Uh, he's a guy who never, ever played in the NHL, paid his dues in the in pro minor pro hockey's minor leagues, both as a coach and a player. And uh, there's a real blue-collar background, uh, the man from Saskatchewan. And so I think he – do you think he's getting the attention and discussion that he deserves, whether it's coming around now uh, as these games are nationally, internationally televised? Well, yeah, a little bit now. um, But to really get the respect that you really want, you have to win the cup. And he's been successful at every stage that he's coached at. But yeah, he's lifted. He's lifted he the has. Kelly Cup. Yeah, he has. And the Calder Cup. The Kelly Cup is the ECHL. Mm-hmm. That's named after former Colorado Rockies coach Pat Kelly, by the way, mm-hmm. whom I covered when he coached the Rockies. Interesting fellow. He kind of re he refounded the ECHL, and so he was a, a minor league magnate. And then he he also Bed, Bednar also lifted the Calder Cup, the uh, championship trophy in the in the uh, AHL when he was with the Cleveland Monsters shortly before he moved over here to take over for the departed Patrick Watt. Mm-hmm. So I think he's it's a compelling story, it's, and uh, I hope they're doing a good job of telling it on the national broadcast. Yeah, I hope so too, but the, the main thing for about Jared Bednar is you win, people talk about you. You win your spotlight, your um, your influence, everything. It just grows even more. And so you have a great team. You have great depth. And I think that's the main thing that we saw last night, obviously with Cogliano and Nazem Kadri being out. You have to go and make changes. Um, and one of the changes he needs to make for game two is <laughs> you better do something to win some of those face-offs, man. They lost a lot of face-offs last night. But when you make all those different changes, you do what you can Number one, you can make those changes because of the talent that you have on your roster. Mm-hmm. So you could be able to do that. If he, if he kept Hayes and McCarr together all the time, they'd right. both be in the 30-minute range. And, I, and they almost did, much. right? They, they were yeah, 28-minute-ish, you know, right? And if the game would have went on, they easily would have went for that 30-minute range. Yeah, they can't be out there for no. every penalty no. and everything else. No, no, no. But you, you do the best that you can. You put your guys out there. Uh you try not to have streaks where <laughs> you give up two goals in 48 seconds. But what you do is you just put your best guys out there when they can. Um, the way that the Avs will win this series is can their third and fourth line beat 
uh, Tampa Bay's third or fourth line, mm-hmm. honestly. And if they could do that, uh, did so against Edmonton, St. Louis, Nashville, if they could do it against Tampa Bay, they have a great chance to be able to win. And those are the type of things that Jared Bednar does because of the way that he goes and changes up the lineups. Well, Nolan Pratt runs the de- the defense, and it's kind of interesting. that he, he has his name on the Stanley Cup twice. Once as a member of the Colorado Avalanche, and he did not play in the finals. He was injured going into the finals, going into the playoffs, and he did not play in the playoffs at all, but he played in 43 or so games for the 2000-2001 Avalanche. He was kind of the the seventh defenseman who would watch from the press box on the nights. Everybody was healthy. Uh, but he got his name on the Stanley Cup because he played enough games in the regular season to qualify. Right. So, But he was he was in the celebration. He was part of the celebration. He was part of the 2001 championship team, and now he's the coach in charge of the defense on the Avalanche. And he's got, he's got. Uh, we're looking at an interesting situation. The other, the other interesting guy in the, in the series is, is Cal Foot, mm-hmm. whose father's number is Adam hanging, Foot. who is hanging from the rafters. Yeah. Well, everybody was excited, including me, to see Cal Foot come come back to his hometown, and play in the Stanley Cup final. But what what has happened is Tampa Bay has 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 adjusted and re, and uh, adapted to the conditions. And they were playing seven defensemen early in the playoffs, and Cal was the seventh one. Now they're back to the more traditional 12 forwards and six defensemen, and Cal Foot is watching in, in street clothes. I, I think it would be kind of neat if you could get in this series, particularly in a game in Denver. So uh, I, hope, I hope John Cooper is contemplating that, of course. And, you know, there are always injuries in the playoffs. That's another possibility. But I think it would be really kind of neat. When you... If, if they got a picture uh, uh, with a photographer angling and seeing Cal Foot, and the and somehow it'd have to be a real trick shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have the, the the Adam Foot banner showing also. I think it'd be awesome. Obviously, uh, it'd be pretty cool to be able to see that. But uh, we could have that banner after Cal and Tampa Bay loses. How about that? <laughs> a losing that banner. There. A losing banner. Nothing wrong with that. So. Uh, I, I just think that'd be fun and, and interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Cooper's got a different background too. You know, he was a, he was a lacrosse player mm-hmm, at Hofstra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he did that. He played club hockey, and that was it. I think only for a year. And so I think it shows both coaches here have kind of that unique background. They're not from the recycled bin of former players slash coaches who may or may not have paid their dues. There are a lot of former players as head coaches in the NHL, they really didn't pay their dues. Mm-hmm. Their dues were being former players. Mm-hmm. And here's two guys who did not play in the NHL at all. Uh, and Jay Woodcroft for Edmonton was kind of had kind of a similar background too. So I, I remember when baseball, when baseball managers, the real prototype was, it seemed like most baseball managers or the most astute ones were guys who were catchers in the minor leagues for seven yes. years. Joe Girardi, um, obviously Joe Torrey, all those guys. I mean, even man, even former minor league, yeah, who yeah, never, who never made it to the to the uh, major leagues. So, I I kind of think that there are various models for NHL coaches. They're not a, there's not just those two, but I think it's interesting that here's the co- the two coaches who are number one. John Cooper is the most tenured coach in in the NHL, and Jared Bednar is already third. Uh, that they have such unique background. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it just shows just how good they are just as coaches, but it also shows one thing, too. 
if you don't have the players, it don't matter. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, Tampa Bay has what? Steven Stamkos. They have a lot of great talent. Oh, by the way, they have Vasilevsky. Oh, let's go on the other side. You have Nathan McKinnon, Kel McCarr, uh, Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landis. You're rattling off some pretty big names there. I'm just saying, if you don't have the talent, you can have the best. I mean, who, who would you regard as the best coach in NHL history? NHL history. NHL history. Scotty uh, Bowman? Probably, yeah. yeah. Okay, Bowman, right? Scotty Bowman, did he ever win one with bad talent? <laughs> Could he have won one with that talent well, that yeah, the Avs had in 16 and 17? Make, good coaching can make, can make talent better than it is, so you, it kind of skews the formula a little bit. Right. Al Arbor was a great coach, too. Fred Shiro was for his time. Right. Broad Street Bullies' time. And there were a lot of there were a lot of great coaches. Oh yeah. With different models. Oh yeah. But it just comes back to that you have to have the coaches and you have to have guys not messing up. By the way, uh, John, I say Tortorella. Yeah, John he Tortorella. Just got hired by Philadelphia. By Philadelphia. For your contract, you talk about a guy who's Ugh. back off the scrap. He he wears people out. He he does a really good job for about a year. And then wears and then, people and out. And he st- he just he's you know, he's an irascible guy, which. Is a nice way to put it. He's kind of a jerk. Now, speaking of Tortorella, the last team to beat Tampa Bay in a series was? Tortorella. There you go. Columbus. Columbus Blue Jackets swept them in the first round. So, hopefully it's a world circling back again and the Avs can get the dub. But, I mean, as much as we do like what the the coaches have done, obviously for the Avs in Tampa Bay and what Jared Bentonar is doing right now, he has the talent. And when you have the talent there, all you need to do, it's put them in the right position to be able to succeed, and he did so last well, night. I think and that's he's doing that, that because you know there, yeah. there are some nuts out there, including me. In fact, I was the major proponent of this at the start of the year that no way should he ever break up that Landis Scott Grant and McKinnon line. Well, he's done it for most of the year, at least half the year, and he's doing it now, and it's working. So uh, he's not paying any attention to me or the proponents of the move. So, Danny, what have we got coming coming up on Mountain High Appliance? Just in case you missed it. Well, Justin, you mentioned one of the new head coaching hires in the NHL. We've got another one that I want to bring up with you guys as well. And we'll also talk about NBA Finals Game 6 going on tonight out in Boston. Golden State Warriors with a 3-2 lead is tonight the end of the NBA season. That's next right here on Afternoon Drive with Adams and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Back with Terry Fry and Justin Adams on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry while Eric is taking a couple days off for very good reasons. We're sitting in today and tomorrow. And, uh... We'll we'll go to the parties, won't we? Oh yeah, we're, we're yeah we're we're crashing. Uh, hey, here here here, where's the camera at? By the way, um, Eric, congratulations. We're so happy for you and so proud of you. But if you see some uh, individuals walking in on the middle of your ceremony, you know, make it havoc and you know, have it a whole. Owen lot of fun. Wilson, Owen Wilson, Owen Wilson style. That'll be us. Okay, we'll, we'll be, be right there. there for you. So <laughs> coming coming up at five, we're going to speak with Ryan Bolding of NHL.com, Colorado Hockey Now, and Mile High Sports. 
Saturday noon hockey show. So we'll be talking more avalanche there. Yes. So time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, you guys already mentioned that the Philadelphia Flyers hired John Tortorella also this week. Vegas Golden Knights hired a new head coach, Bruce Cassidy, formerly of the Boston Bruins, is now the coach down there in Las Vegas. Cassidy went 245, 108, and 46 with the Bruins since February 2017. He had six playoff appearances and one Stanley Cup final appearance. With the Bruins, thoughts on Vegas replacing Peter DeBoer with Bruce Cassidy, and which hiring do you like more, Tortorella in Philly or Bruce oh, Cassidy in not Vegas? Even, not even close. It's Cassidy. Tortorella is is the king of wearing thin after maybe a year or two, and he, he's a great coach. And if you ever get him off to the side and talk to him, he can really be a good human being, but he's such a jerk with his players and, and the media. Mm-hmm. That, that shouldn't really matter, but it's part of the image issue. And I, we understand he's kind of the king of the recycling bin. And, yeah. And yet, hey, by the way, do you go to the student union up at CU right outside the? Yes, I do. And yet you have 17 choices where to throw your refuse. Yes. The, the true CU, true CU students get get it right, but I have no idea what goes where. Right. Neither do I. But that's John Tortorella, the right, recycling right. bin. Which is why I love the hire by the Flyers. I want somebody what? who's crazy. Oh, yeah. I need somebody who's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs to be in Philly. Look, here's the thing. We all know that Philadelphia fans, they don't like you. From the rip. I mean, you have to be a winner. And even if you are a winner, they still don't like you. So with that being said, I want John Tortorella to go head-to-head, neck-and-neck, face-to-face with the media and the fans out there in Philly. Oh, yeah, that part would be Oh, fun, it's yeah. going to be fun. They do have that wacky mascot up there now, too, Gritty, who <laughs> who's just started being yeah. their mascot a couple years ago, <laughs> terrifies the life out of me. Uh, just in case you missed it, NBA Finals Game 6. Tonight, Golden State Warriors at Boston Celtics. Golden State Warriors up 3-2. to two. That game, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Is this the end of the NBA season, or are we going to get a Game 7 out of the Warriors and Celtics? The Celtics have run into the wall. I even liken it to the Avalanche effort where, where Curry could have a pretty pedestrian game, not make a three-pointer, and they won. And so I think that really was the last draw for the uh, Celtics. That series is done. They're, the Celtics are done like dinner. You know what's better than having a Game 6? Having a Game 7. Is there going to be one? It's going, it's going 7. Uh, I said the Celtics will win in 6. Um, look, I, I would love to hold on to my choice of saying the Celtics will win this one. The reality is, is they couldn't hold on to the ball if it saved their life. They treat the <laughs> basketball like soap. Just slips out their hands all the time. I think they'll be good enough to win tonight. They'll have the pride to win tonight. But there's no way I'm picking them to beat Golden State in Game 7. More important, where are the Celtics going from here? Are we seeing the development of... No, I'll tell you. Team. No, I'll tell you exactly what the Celtics need to do. The Celtics need to get on the phone immediately, call up the Denver Nuggets, and make a trade for Monte Morris because they need a point guard in the worst way. 
if they just had a serviceable point guard, if the Celtics had, and they're going to the Nuggets to find a serviceable if, point guard, if the Celtics have Monte Morris, who's a guy who will get you into your offense, won't turn over the ball much. But the, but the Nuggets need a much better point guard themselves, and you're you're asking the Celtics to raid to raid a r- rather mediocre point guard. I'm telling you, and build him up as being the salvation. Bones Highland is out there, uh, and you know what? The Nuggets have two first round picks. Now they'll they'll probably trade him. I get it, but. I mean, if you're going to make a trade, if you're Boston, my first offseason move would be to get Monte Morris on a very cap-friendly deal. I'll guarantee you one thing. The Nuggets will not trade 15. Everybody else should be on the market. <laughs> okay, I like that. That it? That's it. That's all you got? That was. I got to save some for the second hour, That's and we got to stay on time for Ryan Boulding. Dude, can yeah. you believe that? Oh, man, FIFA. <laughs> that was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. We'll be right back.